Welcome back to the LED Project Podcast brought to you by Lighthouse Educator Development. My name is Kyle Krieger and once again after a little bit of a break, joined by Wilkie V. Law III. What up, what up, what up? What's going on? Um, not much. Uh-uh. You know, we're, uh, we're catching back up after, you know, it's been a minute for me and you on the podcast. Ben and I did one last week, which was good. Ben got a little heated, which isn't unlike him, but it's good to catch back up with you and get this back rolling after, you know, we've been, we were talking at the end of the summer about all the life changes that were going on. And then the hurricane came and we're both in school yeah. again. So it's, it's been, it's been a minute, been hard to kind of catch back up, but I'm glad we're glad we're back to doing it. Yeah. 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 It feels good. Even just talking with you this morning, it felt good. Um, you know, um, I guess we can just jump right into clear the air. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, let, you know, before we get into clear the air, let's just go ahead and get Hurricane Harvey situation out of the way. Um, you know, it kind of devastated the city, devastated a lot of people, and I think it was, um, you know, it's one of those situations where you look at it and you say, "Why, why, why Houston?" You know, that's what a lot of people are saying. Oh my, oh my, why, why? Then I had to bring the reality that, you know, we really hadn't had a storm in Houston since Hurricane I, you know, which was way back in 07, 06. Oh, it would have been 08 because it 08. was a year before I came because I came in 09. Okay, so, was, so 08. Um, yeah. People ten, were different. Almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, actually, that was my first year at, at Stellick. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's kind of fitting, you know. Started my my career at Stellick with a, with a hurricane, and this is our last year of Stellick as an intermediate, and we ended with a hurricane. So hey, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's crazy but, you know, too. For well, for me, the year before I came, there was a hurricane, and as soon as I left, there was the next hurricane. <laughs> so people were we can blame it on you, Kyle. Uh, yeah, man. If if that's what makes you feel good. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I really I feel you know, like I say that that kind of it showed me the best and the worst of our city. I really, really um enjoyed seeing people helping people. You know, I did a lot of work with my wife and helping her and their school who was, you know, un- got a lot of water in their building and you know, just helping out as we can, donating things and um, putting stuff together and, you know, just trying to make sure we do our part. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that, that, that humanitarian spirit can't stop. You know, it should not just be a storm that gets us to that point and gets us, um, helping one another and looking out for one another and, and overlooking our differences and seeing the commonality of our human, of our humanity in the whole, you know, grand scheme of things. So, just had to get that off my chest before I cleared it. That's not my clear of the air, but I just had to get that off my chest. So, right, right. Uh, do you want to you want to light in the clear of the air? Or you want to take a break and let me get mine? I'll let you get yours in. Um, yeah, clearing the air. You know, it's been you know I've been living in Wisconsin full time now two months, and it seems like it's been forever. It's it's such a strange feeling to to be here and to be living the life here. And, um, you know, my class has been really good. I just started a class, uh, through university, uh, close to me, UW river falls. 
uh, so I can get certified to teach in the alternative learning setting. And that's been interesting after borderline 10 years since I've mm -hmm. been a student. It's, it's just, um, it's hard to get back in that frame of mind. And I, um, it's, you know, I'm in, starting the third week, so it's been good, but it, it's just another thing to add. And, and you know me, and it's something I've worked on really um, hard, and I still try to work on is budgeting my time well. And, you know, we mm -hmm. were talking about this um, last night or this morning, like after this one, this is our, you know, it's 845 on a Wednesday, but on a Wednesday night, we're going to start doing our podcast like once a week at five in the morning because that's really the best time for both of us and the only time for both of us that we know we can link and not just link, but really, like you said, be sharp. So uh, getting back to budgeting my time um, and, you know, doing those things is really important. Uh, my seventh grade football team is two and one now. Um, mm -hmm. we, we should, we should be three and oh, but we, uh, we fumbled three times in our first game. So, uh, but those guys are awesome. It's been such a fun ride to get back into coaching and to get back into teaching. So it's been great, man. So that'll be my clear of the air. Go, go on with yours. Uh, oh, man. Where do I start, man? Um, I, I just want to get something on my chest. My clear of the air is dealing with, and I know it's a touchy subject right now, um, dealing with this whole um, taking a knee for the, for the national anthem. Um, and you know, I, um, I have mixed emotions about it. Um, I'm actually, frankly, honestly, really tired of hearing about it. Um, but I think that what's missing is when I went back and listened to Colin Kaepernick's interview back in August of 16, when they first asked him, cause you got to remember, he did not start taking a knee and making an ex exhibition of it, the very first time he sat down, he sat down on that very first game and a reporter saw him. And from that, the reporter started to ask him questions about why he was doing what he was doing. And he said he, it was to bring attention to the injustices that's taking place in our communities all around America. And I think we're missing that because we're making this an ideal behind we're making this ordeal around centered around the flag and centered around patriotism and centered around things that have absolutely nothing to do with the root of what he wanted to get the attention of. Um, and I was guilty of, of falling into that same trap until I stopped. And when I went back and I listened to it and I said, you know, it's easier to talk about the flag. It's easier to talk about not being a patriot. It's easy to talk about taking a knee during the national anthem. What's difficult to talk about is the fact that America is struggling right now in their race relations. And until we address the issue of race in this country and we come to the table with that conversation, we just can't. We won't be able to move on. And whether it's Colin, whether it's someone else, whether it's someone 20 years from now, until that problem is dealt with, we're constantly going to be faced with that type of problem. Because again, Colin taking a knee in 2016, you know, Rosa took a, took a seat in the sixties, you know, Mal Malcolm and Martin marched in the sixties. 
So when you think about it like that, it's like, you know, you have to address the issue and not try to 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 dress up or, or, or go around the issue to try to detract people's attention from what the real problem is, is the fact that our black brown children are being slaughtered at the hands of law enforcement. Not all, but some law enforcement who feel that they can take the law in their own hands and they're not suffering the consequences. So I think that's what we need to really deal with. And that's my kind of clear the air to kind of get that off my chest to to get people back focused to what what the real issue is. You know, it's not about the NFL. It's not about boycotting. It's not about, you know, whether you take a knee or you don't take a knee. That has nothing to do with it. We're in this country. We're born Americans. We all have Social Security numbers. We all have birth certificate that says we were born here. So that's not a question. Our, our, our citizenship is not in question. What's in question is the injustice that's being done at the hand of law enforcement. And that's where we need to hang our hat and have our conversation. So maybe that's an issue for another podcast we can bring up. We can get a couple of people online and um, yeah. have some serious debate about that. So yeah, we'll get my we'll get my buddy Matt that works uh, in Minneapolis. You know the Minneapolis schools that he's been on. He was on the podcast earlier. You know that's really mm-hmm. what he does. So uh, been looking forward to talk to him again. But no, that's good, man. And like I said, it's it's hard. Um, you know, it's such a different feel because I don't hear a lot of people talking about it here because. Mm-hmm. I am in, you know, a predominantly affluent white school. Mm-hmm. You know, I went from 90% Hispanic to 90, it's got to be Nine. 90, 99, 98% white, you know, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't people that are talking about it, but it's just not, um, I'm not sure the right way to say it, but you know, I, I'm not in a, in a place that's as racially, racially and ethnically diverse as where I came from. Right. You know, so it's, um, it's different, you know, and then obviously, you know, it's been very politicized from all over and it's, you know, the, the hard thing, you know, like you said, it's getting detracted, but you know, everybody's trying to spin it for their political gain, it seems like, and that's right. taking away from the issue of what's really at hand, that, you know, that there's racial injustice. And I look at, you know, you look at how many now the white NFL players, like Aaron Rodgers is putting stuff on his Instagram almost every day about unity and that stuff, you know, so it's, um, it definitely has brought attention to the issue it's just a matter of now, like, really, really dealing with it. So, yeah. Good yeah. talk there. Okay. So, we got to deal with the issue. Got to yep. deal with the issue. Yeah. All right. So, what's like, what's what's our uh, – oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're good. It's like what you're you said. It's, it's like – No, I was just going to go into school reform. You know, it's just like yeah, it's, school reform. We want to deal with – reforming schools by making tests harder and not with dealing with how students learn and how to focus. So it's kind of the same scenario. You know, we'd rather deal with an issue from a back ways point of view than attacking it straight ahead. So, right. Right. So, all right. So what, what was our, what was our key topic, key question for tonight? Um, How did we decide to phrase it? Validation. Um, How do we validate our kids beyond their grades and reports and statistical measures? Right. And it's interesting that both of us experienced this um, in the same week. 
you know, to have this sense of students needing to feel this sense of validation. Um, you know, it, it, you could say it goes along with this, you know, driven world we live in, where everybody's driven by likes and comments and thumbs ups and uh, little hearts. And, you know, we're, 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 we're surrounding ourselves with that every picture, every, every blurb, everything. I mean, even this podcast, when we put it out, we look to see how many people listened to it, how many people liked it, how many people commented. Um, so we live in an age where validation is, 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 is critical. And it seems like, you know, a lot of times teachers want that same voice, their voice to be validated. But my question is, how are we validating our students? How are we validating our students? And I'll, I, I guess since I have the floor, I'll, I'll go ahead and say my experience. I was, I was uh, having a sub for a teacher who was absent uh, until the substitute got there. And the substitute got there, and there was a kid who was kind of acting out, a couple of kids who were being unruly. And when I pulled them out, the very first thing I said was, hey, guys, I need you all to understand we're on the same team. It's like I need you to know that. I'm Mr. Law is here for you. I'm here to hear you and understand. And the kid said something so amazing. He said, you're the first teacher I've ever heard tell me that. And in my mind, I'm just saying, wow, you've gotten all the way to the sixth grade and no one's told you that they're on your side. You know, that, that, that hurt me as an educator, you know, and, and I shared with the kid, I was like, if you went into a restaurant and got bad service, and the management did anything about it, would you ever go back to that restaurant? He said, no. I said, would you tell anyone to go to that restaurant? He said, no. I said, that's how I feel about this school. You all are my customers. And when you come in, if you're getting bad service and no one does anything about it, I take that personal. I said, so when you feel no one's listening to you and no one's giving you the ear or no one's paying attention to you and no one's caring about you, you come and talk to me. And I'll make sure that I have a conversation with with, with the people around you and the teachers that you go to in order to make sure that your voice is heard. And that kind of, like I said, just kind of blew my mind that, that this kid would, would say that and, and was sincere about it. You know, he kind of laughed at first when I was saying it and I asked him, I said, well, what's funny about it? And he said, I've never heard a teacher say that before. You know, and then today, that was yesterday, today the kid sees me on the bus ramp he calls my name out, gives me a high five, and says, hey, have a good evening, Mr. Law. See you tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's like the power of just, just validating you exist. Yeah. So, I mean. You know, and in, in, in our paper for heading out to Albuquerque next month, it's not out yet, but the 2016 Gallup student poll is coming out, and they put some of the findings, and the findings are almost identical to what they were last year. That, you know, wow. one in four high school students feels like, the adults at their school care about them, you know, and for me, the, this idea of being seen, I mean, part of it is personal, you know, mm -hmm. with, with, um, you know, being in a new school and, and I, I keep harping on this, but this is where ideas come from and where I'm still learning is, you know, with that breakup I went through, I still seek validation either, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get it from her, but, you know, validation from the people around me that I was doing the right things and validation from people around me that, you know, I really am a good guy and that at some point there'll be something better and validation that, 
you know, people don't think that I was the bad guy in the relationship and, and all those things. And it, and, and it, when I thought about it and I wrote about it, it's just, I just really want to make sure that people see me for who I really am, mm-hmm. you know, and not see me as an agent in that or an, an actor in that little play of that breakup. And part of it on me too <laughs> is, is to not see myself that way. Like to not see myself as just, you know, a person who was went through a breakup because everybody, you know, most people have gone through breakups. Right. You know, but I can't, you, you know, use that as a, a vehicle to try to just be seen. And it really made me think like just how much people just want to be seen for who they really are. You know, when I look at the kids I have in my ALC who are all kids who have struggled in the regular classrooms and a lot of them come from rougher backgrounds and, you know, even though they're 16, 17, 18, they still act out and it seems like to me they they just want to be seen and like you said, they want to be validated for something, even if it's combative behavior or, you know, making a snarky comment or whatever it is, they just want to be seen as something what whatever that something is right and it's crazy because they they're going to seek it out no matter what i mean that's the reason why our our kids join gangs that's the reason why you know our kids get caught in the situations in abusive relationships early in life because they're seeking that validation and they whatever by whatever means they're going to get it yeah. You know, um, it's unfortunate, you know, that we don't recognize that in other people. Even though we recognize it in ourselves, we don't recognize that yeah. in other people. Even in our, conver- our everyday conversations with people, we don't, we don't recognize and validate their voice. We don't say, you know, hey, you know, I make it a point now when someone tells me something that's great or something, someone says something to me that catches an aha I sh- I share it with them, and you could see them almost stunned. Like, wait a minute, what? You know, waiting on the punchline almost. But I'm like, no, that's that's authentic. I'm I'm validating the fact that what you just said to me made sense. You 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 rose something. You made something rise up in me that wasn't there before, and I, I get it. And I think the more we do that with each other, the 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 greater the connection between the individuals get. So if it's teacher to teacher, if it's admin to teacher, teacher to admin, student to teacher, teacher to student, teacher to parent, you know, even student to parent, you know, the more we do that, the the greater sense of value we give to that individual that their voice means something. And, you know, going away to school this morning, I had a talk with my daughter about, um, we were talking about the soul and she was asking, you know, my daughter always comes with these questions from out of nowhere. Uh, we were talking about the soul and the purpose of our soul and, and how do we protect it and how do we preserve it. Um, and, and she said to me, she said, so if your soul is on the inside and it's the same as everybody else's, I said, it's not the same as everybody else's. Your soul is yours. I say that the common link is that our, all of our souls come from the same source. There's a life force in all of us that we share, no matter what our color of our skin is, no matter what what uh, religion we, we we subscribe to, no matter what city we live in, what country, 
what our nationality, ethnicity, none of that matters because what's on the inside is what's pure and authentic, what was there before creation, before we opened our eyes, before we were a girl or a boy. You know, we 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 had that that life force. And I see, so that just shows you that when you see people, you validate that life force in them. Maybe not them. You may not agree with anything that they say or agree mm-hmm. anything about them, but there's a connection there. And I think that as educators, if we began to see, you know, you and I've had the conversation about transforming your mind to seeing students in your classroom, to seeing the little souls that sit in your seat, not in a religious standpoint where you're saying, I'm going to preach to these kids, but in a in a, in a authentic, pure form of, of, of existence, to honor that existence in, yeah. in who they are. Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, the word namaste, like the traditional um, meaning of, of namaste is, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but the, the divine within me recognizes the divine within you, the spirit within me recognizes it. And that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean you agree on everything or you have the same beliefs. It's just that I recognize that there is something special within you and there is something special within me. And, you know, we just acknowledge that we have that in common. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what I'm learning through my move and, and through my breakup and through like sorting through the relationship like between you and I, and, and I don't mean sorting like in a bad way, but like managing our, I don't want to say managing either, but but the new reality of our relationship and my relationship mm-hmm. with Ben, my relationship with Chris, and now, you know, the new dynamic of the relationship with my family. Because obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot different dynamic now because prior to this prior to the last two months, I was only expected to be home a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. And now it's like every couple of weeks, I'm like, man, I, I got to get up there. I want to see my nephews. I want to have, so having to now, and not in a bad way, add that family balance. It's added another dynamic to my life and another mm. piece of, of who I am. But in all of that, I'm learning like, no matter what, I think it comes back to what you said, rather than really seeing people, it's so much easier to make assumptions. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to make an assumption about a person or to make assumptions about ourselves. You know, and it really struck me, like you said, with the abusive relationships, like I, I just, being so lucky, the background I come from, I, I don't know what abusive relationships look like. But right. from what I understand, like a part of abusive relationships is, you know, that person who is the abuser makes the person they're abusing feel like they can never do better than them. So even though they know the relationship is bad, they've, you know, degraded that person so far that they don't necessarily think they could ever have or anyone else could ever want them, you know, and, and, and in that it's, it's hard to understand that dynamic of that relationship. But I think all in all the last few months, what I'm learning is, they're the majority of things and the majority of people of light in life. I'm not going to understand them. Like I'm not going to understand everything that makes them tick and makes them do what they do. And the best I can do, you know, for myself. And and this is kind of what I feel like I've been doing is just, I'm going to let people to the best of my ability, see who I am. Hmm. And I feel like I've done that in this job 
you know, whether it's with my boys that play football or whether it's my kids or whether it's the people I teach with or, you know, what I, you know, how I, I, I'm letting people, the best I can do is to let people see me. And is that a harder way to live? Yeah. Cause there are times where you question like, you know, should I let people see that much? Should I let people know that much? But on the same token, in terms of being a teacher, if that's something that I want kids to do, I want kids to see who people really are and to be seen, then I have to, I have to take that risk and, and model that. You have to model the behavior that you want to see. You have to. And I think that is that missing link. It's that still living by the do as I say, not as I do, you know, and, um, it's, 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 like you say, it is, but it, I like the way Brene, you know, Brene Brown. Uh, did you, did you, did you listen to the new book yet? I have not. Oh my God. Oh, uh, so it's so good. Okay. So, uh, matter of fact, I just got an email from, from, from Audible that I need to, if I buy three books, I get a $10 coupon by September 30th. That's going to be one of my books. Nice. Um, so, um, but she talks about that that there's a power that comes in that sense of vulnerability that that sense of authenticity where we're really truly who we are and we expose ourselves to others to see that a lot of people think that's weakness a lot of people think that that's that's not what you should do but i would rather you dislike me for the person that i am than to like me for something i'm not and 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 it's a it's a slippery slope when you're dealing with students and you're dealing with the school setting, but there is a sense of authenticity that you can portray to your kids without being personal. You know, we always talk about those relationships and understanding the the parameters that you set in those relationships. But teaching kids to be themselves, to have fun, to laugh. I told a group of kids, they was like, "Mr. Law, you look like you're 20 years old." You know, and I got excited and I was like, "What?" They're like. You can't be over the 20. You're not over 29. My mom's 30 and you look younger than her. And I'm like, wow. So then when I revealed my real age to them, their jaws dropped. And one little boy looked at me and said, what's your secret? And I told him, I say, come real close. The whole table came in. I say, learn to have fun. And that's it. And they kind of looked at me and I was like, they're like, they're I said, no, 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 no. I say, People my age who graduated with me, they have gray hair. You know, I say, I, I didn't lose my hair because of old age. I started losing my hair at 19. So that, that, that's not old age. That's just gene. That's genetics. You know, but, you know, I think that the idea of opening yourself up and being who you are, not the, not the person that you want people to see, not the person that you created to escape some behaviors or some experiences that you had, not the person that you that you built up so that you can ward off the people that are coming in your life but the person you were from the very beginning that authentic you and the more you expose that authentic you you give other people the freedom you know I think it was the Marianne Williamson poem that says you know that that when you let your light shine you give other people's permission to let their light shine and then their shine permits other people to do it. So then we're not living in such a dark world. We're living in a world that's lit by the lights that's inside of all of us. And 
I see you smiling, so I take it you you like that little. Yeah, you know, and it's just it. it too, I mean, two funny things, you know, and it you know it circles back to you know me two things to to why we chose the metaphor of the lighthouse originally as absolutely you know two now it's been two you know two full years we've been doing this mm-hmm. and other you know the other thing like showing up authentically my my football boys now have got the the harebrained idea that they want to make a a coach a coach Krieger Instagram fan page <laughs> so they just want to like run a fan page so it's just all about what I'm doing and like if to me it seems crazy like and I'm I'm so flattered you know and it's so funny but I you know we I've only known these kids 6 weeks 5 weeks you know, and for them, and, and I show up, and I've showed up real to them, like, and Monday, like, I really got on to them, like, I was like, we got a game tomorrow, and y'all are being childish, and you know what, they responded, because they know that, you know, the majority of the time, I'm having fun, I'm doing, but like you said, they know I'm in their corner, um, right, you know, and I think, I think that's what really matters, and, and in terms of, of, you know, validation. We look at adults and like, what are these kids? I mean, it comes back to this. What are these kids going to be like if they don't start being validated for who they really are rather than who they portray themselves to be like in 10 years when these kids are adults, like what is our world going to look like? What is our society going to look like? And I think you said something a while back. What is education going to look like when these kids that we have right now become the parents? You know, it, it, man, it makes what we do. You know, I was talking with our new teachers uh, the other day and I, I was sharing with them. I was like, you know, they were, they were talking about all these things and I can't get this kid to do this. Can't get this kid to do that. And I say, I said, I need you to understand the, 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 the depth of what we deal with. I say, because I need you to understand that we are in control of 99% of the individuals that go out into the world as educators. Going back to that statement you made about we are the 1%. I say, so when you're dealing with the kids, understand that if you mess up, look at all the, think of the potential impact that your mess up could have on not only this school, not only your classroom, but on the entire world. And they said, oh, sure, say that, no pressure. And I say, no, you should feel pressure. And that pressure should cause you to do things, change things, say things, and reflect on what you've done in order to make sure what you do is better. There's no way around it. We don't have we don't have a cushy job that sits in an office that we can type out reports and get TPOs done and you know wait for someone to move our stapler. We don't have that type of job, you know. We have the type of job that is hands on every single day. We're we're mm-hmm. we're, we're the we're the craftsmen of the world. We're the yeah. craftsmen of the world, and we have to take that seriously. So that's a, that's going to be another that's another good T shirt. We got a few now. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's uh, we're the crash on I think that's a good place to stop. So, um, we're gonna that that was distilled down. So, uh, we're gonna cut it off there. But we are making a pledge to 
get an episode out to you once a week, and we plan to stick by that. Uh, if you happen to be listening to this and you happen to be in Albuquerque in three weeks, uh, we'll be there at the university. Otherwise, you know, um, we're in Wisconsin and Texas now. So hit us up, let us know, and we uh, we got big things coming. I don't know exactly what the big things are, but we know they're somewhere close. So the anything universe you, is open up. Yep. Anything you'd like to add as we get done here? Um, just a shout out to all educators now, especially the Houston area, um, uh, that, that are, that are trying to put the pieces back together in places. Teaching is already hard, but teaching in, in situations where your kids are suffering, put their suffering, make sure you put, validate their suffering. And I'm not saying you have to spend a lot of time dwelling on things, but make sure that you understand that. And you're 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 empathetic to what they're going through. That you yeah. that you that you put yourself. I mean, everybody in the city was pretty much either you were affected by the storm, you knew someone was affected by the storm, or your job or your your finances were affected. Yeah. So, some kind of way, everybody was affected. And and just Houston educators, remember that your students are people too. Their parents are people too. You know, uh, they're not waiting in your classroom for, like bots for you to go teach. Like just like you're not waiting in the closet to pop out for them to come in, right? Understand their souls, they're they're people, they're human, and they deserve the respect that everyone else deserves in order to uh, meet that existence. Make sure that they validate their existence. So that's Perfect. about it that I have. Perfect. All right. Well, we appreciate uh, your listening to our podcast, whether it's you know the end of September in 2017 or the end of September in 2020. Because we're going to still be doing it then. So uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back on again with you soon.